Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the My Fancy Zamboni. Um, we have a full roster today. Gref has dragged himself out of bed. Uh, we don't have Sleeping Beauty this week. So we'll start by saying hello, Gref. How are you today? Hi, I'm pretty tired, but I'll stay away for this one. You sure? I mean, yeah, 100%. I'm not Dave. I'm not Dave. That's what we like to hear. Ooh. Ouch. Ooh. Ow. Some friendly fire here. Second voice that you just heard, obviously, Dave, how are we? You're going to take that from Gref, or are you going to, you're going to go back with some... Uh, you know what, yeah, oh. may have fell asleep on the podcast, but I made the podcast, where was you? You sold out. You failed like Manchester failed to at the playoffs. From now on, this podcast, episode 45, is already going to be known as hashtag Feisty Friday. Evening, <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, evening, everyone else, evening, Gref. Um, how, was, how are you, Joe? I'm good, thank you. I'm... Uh, so nearly the weekend, uh, another week, and then I will be out of the country and in Vegas. So, yeah, good. And that's a good thing, mate. You know when Brexit happens, you're not coming back. Exactly. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what the best thing about it was? It wasn't even planned like that. <laughs> it's wonderful how these coincidences happen. <laughs> Just watch two ego bus now. Punk <laughs> Virgin, mate. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> All right. And that last voice you can hear is, of course, Mr. Andy Stafford. How are we today, Andy? I'm not too bad, thanks, mate. Good, 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 good. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. So, um, as you can probably tell already, uh, we're having a bit of a delirious night. So, possibly means we're all going to stay awake, but, you know, we'll see how it pans out. Um, nothing is guaranteed. That's what we like to say on this, uh, on this episode. Like Neil from In Between us, I can't make any promises. Um, <laughs> So, over the last week or so, some, some more hockey. Dave's showing off his energy drink, Tesco Value. No sponsors. Um, <laughs> no All the energy drinks are available. No free ads. <laughs> um, yeah, no, obviously some, some decent action over the last week or so. Dundee beat Belfast 4-3. Um, Sheffield took four points from Nottingham. Dave nearly um, cashing in if he'd have said that Sheffield um, would have won in a shootout. That would have been good, but he didn't. So, uh, yeah. And then Coventry beat Cardiff 3-1 as well. So some decent results. Um, highlights, gents. What 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 stuck out to you this week? Very simply, the Duba show. Four penalty saves. Absolute quality. Um, and for me, it weren't the fact he made it. It was a, it was his range of saves. He showed off the skill set that he has and the experience that. Uh, Duba has and uh, I mean I think Gluckers was the one that hit the post but you had the poke check you had the, the, the glove save you had, you had the lot for me one of them should have been in the saves of the week you know, the league just uh, didn't have too much faith in that but for me one on uh, Pellini by any chance I think the second one that I think even that the, glove save the pair of us even just jumped out yeah. of the seat because it was top notch it, it was a great exhibition net man in fairness I will flip um, with Carr uh, the Nottingham goalie was as out outstanding, but lost. Um, well, to get in so, a bad seat with you anytime soon, if you're saying you will flip the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, so much to be said for a little time, but no, the Duba show uh, in the penalty shootout, uh, closely followed by Car's performance as well on the Sunday, um, I thought was a, a nearly as good. For me, it would be the, the four point weekend for Dundee. Beating Belfast 4-3 and then beating 5-4-3. Two 
two decent games from the looks of things. Something you didn't, you didn't really... I would have thought would have happened. I would have thought maybe a two-point weekend. But not to beat Belfast 4-3. That's definitely something I don't think anyone would have got. I mean, you might correct me here, Joe, like... Because obviously I was sleeping beauty last week. Were you asleep last week, Gareth? No. Ruby says it. No. We all said Belfast. And we all said Fife, actually, last week. So um, we actually had Dundee down for Millpois. Yeah, but I can't help but think that you've only said Dundee getting a four-point weekend because they beat Fife, mate. Well, of course. <laughs> Andy, what's your I'll heart? Ooh, sorry. I was going to say, I won't be around the bush on that. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, um, I, I could have chosen quite a few, but to be there and to witness it, that to be DeLuca's penalty shot, because that was just pure filth. You know, he, he undressed Carr in that. That was a beautiful, beautiful move. Clearly he didn't think about the children. No, absolutely not. Just, just X-rated. Complete X-rated. X-rated. <laughs> Slap, slapping an over-18 mark on it straight away. Yeah, I'm going to go down a different line um, this week. We've got goals. We've got saves. Um, well, for a start, we saw Matteo Gagnon drop the gloves twice in a weekend, um, which is nice to see it finally happening again in the Elite League. I think we've already probably had more fights this season than we had last year, um, but it has to be for me. Uh, Gagnon against Springer. My God, were some haymakers thrown in that. Um, flip side is, Gagnon did the one thing that I hate, particularly as the bigger guy in the fight, pulled off the jersey, over the face, carry on punching, grow a pair, fighting properly. Why are we trying to cover up a guy's eyes when we're fighting? Like It just goes back to Sean McMorrow all over again. Gagnon like, doing Gagnon things. Gagnon doing Gagnon things, yeah. But if, if he's not pulling your shirt over your face in a fight, he's cross-checking a five-foot-four bloke in the back because he can't do it to his face. Um, I, I don't know. Gagnon style. I just think... <laughs> Gagnon style. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Man's referred to when they released the uh, the news. That's what the Gagnon style oh. were. Exactly. Now. The memo's finally come through. Is that how we start... Is that how he started the fight? He just went up and just went, Hey, Lyndon Springer! <laughs> <laughs> but he escaped with the movement as well. A big hit. <laughs> it was a big hit. Was it a big yeah. hit? Like, actually a big hit, or, like, my Manchester big hit? Yeah, the, the, whistle, the whistle had actually blown. He just threw a hit at one player. He was right near him. Gagnon? Yeah. <laughs> that does not in the slightest bit surprise me. I'm glad I'm set down with a shock. I know. Do you know what? The best thing about it is every time we play Manchester in Manchester, I just text Greff saying how useless is Canyon. <laughs> the worst and thing he was scored. Sure. He scored. He scored. Yeah. Um, oh god. Move so, uh, To be fair, it was a good fight. I mean, Springer. To be fair to him, to get into such a helpless position at one point, then to throw a few punches back. I don't know if he landed them, but to be fair, he put up a decent fight. Um, I just can't stand to see guys like, pulling the shirt over the head. Um, say, but it takes you back to when Mike Scroy fought McMorrow and took his shirt off so he couldn't do it um, but a good fight nonetheless and as I said it, it looks promising to see um, two guys dropping the gloves like that and it looks promising to see more fights this year so far um, 
I, I, I've said this before. I think the league have kind of we, we've said that the league are trying to kind of clamp down on sticking fractions like stick uh, slashing, hooking. They almost seem to have got a little bit hell bent on the fact that they're trying to cut these out to the point where some pretty bad hits have been left at times. Um, and I think that's from a fan's perspective, in terms of wanting the physicality of the game back, doesn't necessarily seem to be a bad thing because we're seeing the gloves dropped a little bit more because of it. So we're seeing that kind of, well, the essence of hockey coming back into the game a little bit, I think. Well, the essence of old school hockey. Yeah. Um, the old version of the game that we all fell in love with. Yeah. Um, interesting point before before we go any further on that. Um, there was a call on Lakovic against Brendan Connolly in the corner on Sunday in Sheffield. He got two minutes for boarding, went straight through his numbers, put him face first into the boards. Um, pretty sure there'll be a few people around the league that like to see Connolly go face first into the boards. He's that kind of player that not many people like. Um, I read that boarding for two minutes is no longer a penalty. That boarding is now a two minute, two plus ten, like checking from behind. What what do we think? Is it, in, is it in the case book though that you can call it a minor? I know that I think I know we, I think you've read the the WHF rule. I think that has changed slightly, but I think the case book that the Elite League has been updating on a regular basis. I think it does mention. I, I need to go back and check. Yeah, I was going to say. I think, I, it's, I I think it says that you can't call. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but the minimum you can call is a minor, and not a plus ten. I'd need to try and find. I don't know where to find the case book just off, off the back. To be fair, otherwise I'd have a look. Um, but you know the hit for said I I thought would have been two ten anyway. Yeah, I, I was going to say out of all of it. To be fair, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> as you say, putting it to one side, I, I do think it was, it was a two ten because he just he full on. As I said, some people might say, oh yeah, good on him, or he deserved it. I mean, I don't really think you can you can like that on any player, really, but on top of that, it was a bad hit. It went good. Yeah. Um, the other thing, top goals, top, um, sorry, top plays, we're seeing more plays rather than just goals now, uh, and top saves of the week. Two players involved in the top saves of the week this week. What, what did we think to that? Uh, I just want to go on to the plays first. Um, I was intrigued with uh, the Czech player, uh, Trunsinski, if memory says it right, um, was one of the players of the week. You know, these poor Czech players that obviously can't play hockey. Makes it into the top five. Uh, just going to throw that there. Um, yeah, Cole Shudra and the Guildford player that the name has left me, and you said it only five uh, minutes Jordan ago. Pauli. Thank you very much. Uh, making moves to prevent uh, emptiness that's been scored. For me, um, Shudras was more, was better on the base of being more reactionary, whereas the Guildford player made a bit of a dumb pass and went, oh dear, I need to do something. And uh, body on the line and saved it. But it was, it's, it, I suppose it's good to see that element kind of, if that happens, go into those saves because it's, it's as part of you know, and speaking as a goalie, if you're making, if you're involved in playing, you're out of the way, and someone makes that save, and staff said, why should that not be credited in that context? You know, make, you know, 
be, be kind of praised as a good save. It may not be the goal of a save, but it's a good save nonetheless. So I, I was actually happy, quite happy to see them to make the, the, the top five. Um, but for me, Coles was the, uh, the better of the two. What I've got to say, though, about Coles, obviously it's probably his best game ever in a Steelers shirt. 100%. 100%. Um, before I go, before we go to call, I'll, I'll touch on what you said about Rowley. Um, a good block, for me, shouldn't have been on the top of the top saves of the week. On the same, on, on one particular principle of why the hell, when you're pulling your goalie, would you make a play so close to the front of the net with a player on the opposition team so close to you? And risk what he risked. That was just beyond stupid. I don't know if anybody's got anything, any of the take on that. I mean, yes, you can argue that it was a decent block, but it just baffles me that he, he had the stupid idea to, to make the play in the first place. I don't understand why he made that play either. It's... You've literally just seen your netminder leave the leave the net. Why would you do it across across the net? Even with the netminder in net, you never do a pass like that. Especially when you got a player that's literally what two yards in front of you. Yeah. Wasn't it like was it Ben Lake or something that was coming on to him? It was number. I think it was number nine anyway for Belfast, but it's like. With the speed that they've got, you, you never do that. Use the boards. It's easy enough. I was going to say, you could have just as easily made the play around the back of the net. And he'd have set the guy up more for to skate onto the puck. And he'd have kept it completely out of the way of the front of the net for that, for that potential danger. But instead, it's just straight in front. That. It's Hockey it's 101, basically. I mean... Uh... I think a few weeks ago, Jason Fournier did a similar sort of uh, sort of move where he uh, just played the puck right next to the goal uh, in, in, instead of using the boards or take the time just behind that to wait and then regroup and try and get a breakout going. Uh, now I just played it right in front, in front of the crease, and just you know, just basically right in front of the path of the opposing player. So yeah, just, just a bit of lapse of con- concentration, I think. Uh, hopefully, you know, just. Do better next time. I guess all, all you can really say, but it, it was a good block nonetheless. I think Andy may have frozen there. I think we've lost Andy. Yeah, <laughs> like the dodgy Eurovision lines. Just gonna say it feels like your revision, doesn't it? <laughs> He's pulling a great face, though. Hello, Sheffield. This is Stockholm calling. <laughs> But I'll, I'll jump on the point that Andy was making. Um, he was right. It's hockey one on one. It was the basics. Um, why down the centre? Use the boards. Simples. You know, Alexander Meerkat. Simples. And he didn't. But he got um, he got to jump on the saves of the week. So you know, every cloud and all that. Every cloud. Yeah, I um, yeah, it baffles me. That straight up, straight up baffles me. But. No, it is what it is. I, 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 yeah, I would say, well, ending ending that kind of point on a high, it was a good block. He, he did well to recover from his mistake. We have completely lost Andy now. He's dropped out of the goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll give him that. Other than that, he, he did a good job. Um, 
Yeah. Anybody, any, anything else from plays or saves of the week? Or we, we want to move on? No, I think we've covered that one very well. Fair play. I'm, I'm waiting for Andy to just pop back onto the call again. Uh, I kind of hope he does. <laughs> uh, but we have some more additions to the airport section of the podcast. Uh, interesting to see two players on the departure side of the airport. Um, for a Steelers fan, it has to be quite admittedly said to be quite an amusing thing that <laughs> they're both coming from Nottingham. Uh, Dave, I'm sure you'll agree with me on that. Uh, usually it takes around about until Christmas time for the wheels to fall off Nottingham season. Um, it appears to already be happening. Uh, Alexis Loizo, Loizo, however you pronounce his name, um, he has announced his retirement, has he not? He has, and it's it's a strange one uh, to kind of start happen this early in the season. Um, and normally, so what I found baffling is normally in the PR one they say this ex players retired. They normally say that they've got a job in another industry and they have you know they've got to put their family first, etc. etc. None of that at all. So straight up, he's retired. This has always gone to Nottingham for that love of hockey. Just gone, you know what? Forget this. I'm going home. So strange. I think it's the best way to uh, uh, to, to file that one. I'm guessing he didn't really like the the hooers in Nottingham. Got all the chicken wings and all that, you know. I'm guessing he wasn't a big fan. He's only played three games this this season. Got one point. Maybe he, he thought this league was going to be easy for him. And then he's been found out. And he's gone, you know what? I'm going to go back home. Yeah, it's a really odd one. Three three games, one assist, no goals. I mean, he came, came in looking half decent. 50 games in Denmark, 45 points. 57 games in Slovakia, 39 points. Some AHL experience. Looked as if he could do something. Um, yeah, interesting the way it's happened, just at the kind of time, just with the way it's going in Nottingham, interesting the way that it's just kind of come about as he's retiring, that's it. You know, no need to say any more. Um, so, yeah, bizarre, but, you know, nothing really more we can say about that without knowing further. Um we just heard from Andy's internet has gone down so hopefully he'll be joining us shortly uh, but we will continue in his absence we'll call it a, a two minute minor for um, unsportsmanlike conduct for the time being but we'll, let, we'll see if he comes back um, the other obviously being Jens Jacobs uh, for Nottingham he has been let go um, always makes me laugh when players are let go similar to Martin St. Pierre Always makes me laugh when players are kind of let go at this point in the season, when it's kind of tried to be put across uh, in the media that it's mutual. Um, or at least they try not to use the phrase, we've got rid of him, or we've sacked him, or we've let him go. It's always just kind of, such and such, we'll be leaving the club. And, you know, you just kind of think that the team, you'd hope that the team would just kind of grow a pair, stand by the decision and say, he didn't do what we wanted him to do, so we've got rid of it, it very much uh, shake up the uh, this, uh, decision from uh, Wallace and Doucette. Nottingham start has not been good enough for themselves. Uh, the fan base is not happy. Um, and as much as the Steelers fan base can be very restless and when they don't get their own way, the Panthers fan base 
even more so. Uh, and they have... Imagine you know, a Steelers fan base with lime green jerseys. Oh, God. Oh, that's put me off, that. Jeez. Um, but the point is, you know, they're not happy. There's, there's a complete unhappiness. They're, you know, they're complaining about... It's interesting points that I'm going to make because you, you see a lot in Sheffield, it's a lot of complaints of the lack of physicality, lack of a tough man, etc., etc. Excuse me. And, uh, you know, Wallace had to do something to try and shake things up. Um, and he was the one who got it. Yeah, well, you know, you've got, to, you've got to kind of take your hat off to Wallace and Doucette, kind of, you know, for realising that there's issues and looking to try and resolve them swiftly. Um, you know, I mean, it happened in Sheffield with Tomo, and at that point it was he's throwing them under the bus, phrase that we, we expressed our displeasure over at the time, so I'm not going to recap over that. But six games, one goal, no assists. Um all that experience in the Alsvenskan, 515 games in the Alsvenskan, 0.62 points per game. Um, you know, a bit of time in the SHL, 119 games in the SHL. So he came in looking like a guy that could bring a bit of speed, bring a bit of ability. I have to say, whenever we saw us, whenever we saw Nottingham play, he didn't really stand out. But. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm on the fence on this one. I don't know whether you kind of would think you'd hope that he'd be given more of a chance, but at the same time, when you know when the chips are down, you've you, you've got to do something quick. You can't wait another month just to see if he comes into his own. You're right on that one. I, from what I what I saw of him, it didn't really look like he was a standout player. Like. I think to be fair, you couldn't really recognise he's actually on the ice at times. I'm sure most Panthers fans would probably agree. Mm. Six games in, only one goal. Considering he has been, he's not really been scoring for four, you could say, in previous seasons. But he has been getting a lot of assists. Mm. He's been showing some ability in that kind of. Contributing in that point scoring kind of area. Exactly, and I don't think he's really been putting up. Well, he's obviously not been putting up the points that I'm sure that Wallace and Giuseppe probably wanted him to do. Yeah, it's interesting, really, isn't it? I mean, ever you know the the looks down in Nottingham at the minute. The results certainly haven't gone their way yet. Um, and probably the best player that they could probably hope for to come in for their team is currently their non-playing GM. And you just think, how much do you think Doucette's wanting to lace up and uh, <laughs> kind of give the team the kick that they need himself? Yeah, but the tough thing is, they they go on a run of six games and get, you know, let's say five wins, an overtime or something. They're back in the mix because teams are losing left, right and centre. There's no, even at this early stage, no one's looking like they're going to, apart from potentially maybe Dundee, going on a bit of a run. So it, it, it's, I, I see why it's happened. I, I, it's kind of just to mix it up and say, no one's job safe. Let's see who they bring in. Um, like we've just brought in Andy back on the call. Andy, how are we, mate? You know, and actually used to join us. Absolutely rubbish internet. By the way, if we're still on, 
We are still on. If anyone goes with a utility warehouse, don't bother because they couldn't eat or drink soup with a spoon up. We use a fork or something. But yeah, they're, they're a rubbish company, so don't. Did you just say they couldn't use a fork? What? They couldn't use a spoon to eat Do you want to try that one again? He's gone again. I think he's gone again. <laughs> Oh dear. So basically, <laughs> if we want to reiterate that message from Andy, um, I was actually quite concerned what he was where he was going with that. <laughs> there was a bit of a pause. Um, I believe he said they couldn't eat a soup with a spoon; they'd use a fork. I'm not quite sure. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, you know what I meant. Oh, he's still there. <laughs> hanging on by the hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Andy, mate, you've gone very, very quiet. I've just turned round and I, I've, there's, a, there's a fight in the Penguins game. Fights left, right and centre. What's going on? And if you think that my Fans and Bernie podcast is done on a schedule and professionalism, Exhibit A, ladies and gentlemen, it really isn't. Don't <laughs> be watching the Penguins game. Andy's talking about eating soup with the fork. I don't even know if Andy's still there. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Like, this is like a, this is like an audio version of the Chuckle Brothers, this, isn't it? <laughs> well, sorry to me now, isn't it? <laughs> um, unless the less said about that, the better. Um, so, uh, Andy, we're just talking about um, Jens Jacobs and uh, Alexis Loazzo leaving Nottingham. Uh, just talking about. Well, just said that it's it's quite ironic that their best player at the moment seems to be their non-playing GM. Um, but you know, Dave, you, you hit the nail on the head. To be fair, I mean, it's anybody's league at the moment, and it's certainly a good it's a it's a good season so far to be a team that's kind of lost a couple of results early. Because so far, there's there's not a team that's looking like they're going to run away with it like last year. I can't see Andy. I don't even know if he's still oh, sorry, there. I thought, you, I thought you were talking to Dave. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying that's what Dave said. I mean, just just throwing it over to you, mate, just to see if you've got anything else to add. Uh, not so much. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not sure what's been uh, said by by others. But um, well, I mean, I mean, that's why I just recapped it. But um, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> um, well, we, you know, yeah, we've Barzo retiring. Uh, can I presume for for a job back in his? Back in this country, uh, you know, Jakob's probably wasn't performing like they were expecting to. Um, they just needed a change. Uh, I think there's a few changes that probably still need to make. But considering the players that they brought in, uh, some really good players, we're just not performing to the standard that I think we should be at. And it, it's true, I mean, Tim Wallace could probably make a difference if he put his skates back on. Yeah. Oh, I was saying Wallace and Doucette could both do a job. Awesome. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy, just as a heads up, mate, if you, there's anything you can do to make yourself a bit louder, I don't know if you want to try it. So you, you were quite quiet then. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, so I, I think we, we're all kind of on the same page of that. I've just Nottingham just seemed to need something to give them that kick. Um, looking at the kind of context that Desette's got at the moment, I'd expect it to be bringing in another European. Um, I mean, you look at the leagues that he's played and the people that he's brought in, 
Um, similar kind of pool to Aaron Fox, but he doesn't seem to have been looking quite as high calibre. That's fair to say, I would say. I think he's looked for a, a team that fits the mould of play that he wants instead of getting the calibre. Because when, when we looked at their team, it looked like a team that were not the usual Panthers team, but a team that would fit the type of play that the coach wants. So they, um, instead of the best players, but the best the best players instead of the best players individually, the best players for that team. But so far, it's not looking so good. Yeah, yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, anybody got anything else to add on Nottingham? We're good to move on. I'm going to take it's it. Good silent. to move on. Good to move on. Sound cheers, Greg. I'm glad that I'm glad that you you said that. Um, the next section, to be fair, I don't really have a lot written down for the agenda. The only thing that I actually have is see Dave. Uh, it is, of course, the section that Dave is doing a little dance about right now because it's everybody's favourite section. Uh, it is, of course, the CHL. Dave, it's like, oh, it's like we're through the keyhole. David, it's over to you. <laughs> so, um, Tuesday and last night we had uh, round five of the CHL. So very quick recap of the score lines and if you put any accumulators on this, the results didn't probably help out. So he very quick saying that because he did put an accumulator on it and it, I did and it, it did not go well. Oh, it was disastrous. He, uh, he would it, like to put his thanks to Cardiff as being I think the only team who's accumulator accumulator. <laughs> yeah. So quick run ca- um recap even and the reason I said run cap because Rungstead beat cap no they were the first game but uh, Hamelina beat Rungstead 2-0 Fralunda uh, which we'll talk about brief afterwards uh, beat the Cardiff Devils 9-2 Diagarden lost uh, sorry beat Aldermanheim 6-3 Tichy beat Vienna Capitals 4-2 Skareftia uh, beat Karapat 2-0 uh, Tapara beat Friskaska 3-1 Mountfield beat Graz 2-1 uh, Red Bull turned over uh, Fargisad 2-1 uh, Liberec defeated Osberger after a shootout 3-2 uh, Bern beat Grenoble 4-1 Ambi Piotr beat Banska 4-0 with probably the best goal of the season full stop Hashtag best go dared him Best go dared him Absolutely and then Belfast on this is the last game on the Tuesday Belfast lost to Lalia 6-3 which knocked uh, Belfast out of the CHL then on Wednesday, um, Trinek beat Lausanne in overtime 2-1. Two, two, For me, a bit of a shock result. Yunus Minsk beating Lucky Pelicans 4-2. Uh, Bielbien uh, overturned Klagenfurt 6-3. And Zug beat Pilsen 5-2. Um, obviously, the game that I watched more of um, because, uh, was the Flunder game. And the Cardiff fans who were there know exactly how we felt when we went to Fralunda and had a very similar scoreline. And, and for me, and I say it was not disrespectful to the Devils, but I just didn't feel like the Fralunda was out of second gear. They didn't even go full pelt at second gear. And Before that's, you go any further, Dave, I don't think you can say that the Cardiff fans know how you guys felt being in Fralunda because they were corpus mentis enough to tidy up after themselves in Fralunda. I'm pretty sure you weren't. Uh, no, it was actually it was pretty... Oh, there was worse people. Um, there was worse that, people. That wasn't the argument we were having. That's a good story from that trip about one particular, but we'll save that for another time. Um, 
I mean, so we'll just touch that on. The, the Devils fans tidied up after themselves and they were thanked uh, by the Fulander for that. Um, some of that you see a lot in the, the Rugby World Cup in Japan. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's scary just how good a team can be when they can go just creep in second gear, destroy a team. And it weren't like Cardiff just rolled over the stomach sickled. They just rolled line after line after line after line. All four lines contributed. All four lines was dangerous. Um, the only thing I, I wasn't a fan of was that they got to see Lundqvist, Joel Lundqvist play, and we didn't. Uh, he had a night off when we played him. Um, and then Belfast um, against Lilia. Lilia went 3-0 up. Belfast pulled it back to 3-2. Uh, and, the, and the signs were that they could have really turned it over and really got the result that they needed uh, to give themselves a shot at the playoffs. But then l- l- the skill set of Lulia uh, pulled through. And it's what we mentioned after the last set of games is that this, these games that you'll see the likes of the Swedish teams um, show their, their true value. That, that you know, if you want to go to play them, if you want to play them, you play them in games one, two, three, four, not a month and a half into their season. Um, so. To quickly go through the table, uh, Group A, uh, Bielbien are on top with 12 points, Tapara and Klagenfurt on 9 points, so no one's gone through yet on that one. Group B, we already knew that Zorg and Pilsen Pilsen had qualified, Um, Zorg on 13 points, Pilsen on 10. Uh, Group C, Lulia are on... 11 points and they're the, the only team in that group so far to qualify Osberger's on 9 uh, Trinek on 6 points so the return game uh, will be very interesting I think Trinek will need to beat uh, Osberger quite convincingly in regulation for them to go through in group D Lausanne um, very tight group um, Lausanne are on 9 points uh, Trinic and Minsk are on eight points, and Pelicans on five points. So potentially, as Daft it sounds, Pelicans could, I think, still maybe somehow sneak into the playoffs. I can't see that happening. I think it's between Minsk, uh, Lausanne, and Trinic. But who knows? Uh, group E. Um, the only team not qualifying that is Grenoble. Skelefti on top with ten points. Carapat nine, and Burn on eight points. Group F. Uh, Garden and Aldermanheim are through. Uh, but Tichy have got... Uh, Win in the season now, so they're currently third above uh, Vienna. Group G. Oh, uh, Vienna. Oh, maybe it has to be done. It has to be done. Your singing means nothing to me. <laughs> uh, group G. Munich. I'm sure we've made that joke every single we time. We have done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to better getting knocked out just so we end that poor joke. Um, group G. Munich. Red Bull Munich are through with 12 points. Uh, Fargistad on 8 points. Uh, Piotro on 7 uh, so it's between them two for the final spot. Uh, Bansko on three points. <clears throat> and then Group H. Frölunda on ten points. Mountfield on nine points. Cardiff on eight. Gratz, not going to make it. So there is an outside chance that the Devils can still make it. Um, I think they're going to have to probably do the impossible. When I say impossible, from an elite league perspective, of beating Frölunda in regulation. Um... It depends. The problem for Cardiff is that for London still need to win to guarantee. They're not. Say if, if Mountfield had, had lost that game against Graz, then Cardiff would have been in a much stronger position. Yes, they would have. Um, so it's uh, 
Belfast are already out. They've got the one game left. Cardiff have got another crack of making the the knockout stage. And uh, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, the the score lines weren't good for the accumulators. If anybody put them on. Um, but next year's Wednesday, the last group set games. And then I think it's Friday of that week. The the draw for the knockout stage is made from there, and then obviously the um, the route for every team will be already decided from that draw. So yeah, um, lots of goals, some very good highlights, especially the goal uh, from from Ambi Piotra against uh, Beskwarni. And uh, the group stage is good. It's what for me. And one thing I'm liking is that last year a lot of the groups was already decided with the last game gone. This year there's only I think two groups, if that. Yeah. All the spots are already gone. And there's a number of groups in the eight that haven't got a team that's qualified yet. I mean, there's like three, I think potentially three groups that haven't got a single team that's already guaranteed their spot, which I think is good for the tournament. It is. For anybody who's wondering, by the way, if you want to know what Dave's, um, how Dave's accumulator went, if you, um, if you listen to, basically take out Cardiff from the list of results that you read off, uh, the rest of those results are the ones you got wrong. Um, <laughs> From a perspective of goal scored, but for the teams. Yeah, we'll say that. He did have it on over 5.5 goals. Um, but, yeah, it was literally... A, it was only about that one game, wasn't it? They were only one yeah. on the um, We were in the gym at the time when we were looking at it, weren't we? Literally, I read out the list of um, the list of fixtures and every single one day went, shut up. Oh, ah, really? Ah, and then he went... Oh, Cardiff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sound. And then back to, ah, oh, no. <laughs> it was, uh, well, that, well, that was a version that you can actually say on this podcast. Yeah, that was, that was, that was strictly, um, filtered. Um, yeah, I'll, while we're on the CHL, I will throw this out there. I will say the controversial. I'll say the thing that is, goes against everything that I've seen on social media. Ben Bounds' save was not as impressive as everybody has made out. Discuss. I said it to you guys straight away. I was like, that's a really good save. As much as you don't like it. Right, and I'll say this before anybody says anything. I'll say this. I'm not saying it's not a good save. There's no denying that it's a good save. Bounce has been done from that pass to the back door before the the next pass came. Tic-tac-toe and the pass before the pass to the bloke who shot had done him. To then recover... And then get back over to put something in the way to stop that shot. He's done a good job. They're not saying that that's not a good save. But for me, what all Besco's done, he's gone, I'm going to throw something out there to try and... Besco? Bounds, even. Besco? Did he dare to say that? He did dare to say that. (laughs) All Bounds has done is gone, I'm going to throw something out there to try and... You know, uh, to give myself any chance of stopping this ball. I know that that's 99% of the time what goalies do, but there was no, you know, it's not like he's been set in position, he's seen the puck come and he's made a good save. All he's done is gone, I'm out of position here, I'm literally going to throw myself across to try and take anything I can. The shooter puts that anywhere else on the net and bounds is beaten. And that's and that's not always the case because if Bounds is sat there and he's watching what's happening on the play, then he could then he could alter his position to stop that shot. Where he was because of the positioning of that shot, he's literally just gone. I'm going to throw myself in the way, and he's got lucky. And I know that I know that goalies most saves are goalies getting lucky, but 
he's he's got very very lucky there. And as I say, I'm I'm not saying it's not a good save, but I just don't think it's quite to the level that everybody's kind of going on, on about online. I think it's more for me that you know it's the recovery that is made to know that again, like I was saying about Rowley, you know, he's realised that he's made a mistake and he's tried to rectify himself. I think that you know you all give him credit for that. Not save, yeah, probably was a bit lucky. But if you're just going to stand there and think, oh, I've, I've screwed up now, I'm just going to stand and just let it go in, then that's something else. You know what I mean? I, I think he's done well to recover. Uh, he's done well to recover, but he doesn't make it a good save. Yeah. Well, doesn't make it a great save. Makes it a good save. Doesn't make it a great save. Yeah. I, I know what he's saying, but I think it's, it's a good save. Maybe not the best save, but a good save. Yeah, well, say that's my argument. I'm not saying I'm not, it's not like I'm turning around and going, "Oh, that was crap," and then why is everybody going on about it? But you know, he, he's done well. He's he's done a good job. I just don't think that it's everybody's making out like it's the save of the season. I'm just like, well, he, not being funny. The guy's one time it straight into his glove and knew straight away he should have done more. So this save. Now, a lot of points have already been raised, so I'm just going to brief over for me. He's beaten twice on the two passes. So he's taken out the play completely on both passes. Yes, he's thrown a limb to make the save. You look at all highlight reel saves from the NHL to the NIHL to rec hockey, and nine out of ten of them highlight reel saves is a goalie throwing a limb. End of. When you're beaten because you're out of position, you just throw something to, to save it. Now, you're right in the point of the, the forward shoots anywhere, it's a goal. End of. Um, is it the, the highlight real save? Is it the greatest save of all time? No. For my money, he made better saves against the F word in Kashitsa. Um, but was it a good save? Yeah. Um, like Andy said, it's, it's the recovery as well to get a limb to make the save. Because in essence, that's what's happened. He threw a limb to make the save, which is you know, kind of the, the, the MO of goal is they have to put some piece of body to try and save it. Um, and I, I, I think definitely save the round. Probably, I don't think you may have seen better saves in the in the group stage at the moment. I'd be intrigued to see a, a compilation of, of saves and where that would line up. But I think it will be up there in the top 10. Um, certainly not a highlight reel, as in the greatest save. Like I said, I think yeah, that's 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 kind of my point. As I said, I, I don't in the slightest bit deny that it's a good save. It's just that everybody seems to be making out like it's this massive highlight reel. Oh my God, we're never going to see a save like this again. And I just think we will do because Ben Baum yeah. will do that because you know Baum's stock is rising. You know he's he's you know everyone can laugh. I mean tonight they'll laugh about the score length. Obviously, as we record, and Cardiff beat Dundee eight six. Um, bit of golf fest, but you know. Since this, the the end of last season, domestically, you go into um, the World Championships, which we've been well documented of how well myself and Gref saw it, and you guys watch on TV how well he played, how he started in the CHL for Cardiff, and, and kind of kind of carried on into the domestic season. The kid stocks rising constantly. So, and I think sometimes when you've got a player, and I think sometimes it happens in football, where you've got a forward whose stocks rising, he's becoming like the top, the real top of his game, and a goal where you may think, oh, yeah, it's nice, but, you know, 
it's kind of like, for example, Messi scores a goal or Ronaldo scores a goal, and then and you know the whole world stops. But some guy who, who scores a similar goal in Division Three, no, yeah. no mentions it. Bounds is kind of I'm not now before anybody listens to it and, and says I'm trying to compare him, I'm not. So please bear with. But he's of the ilk of in terms of the stock of the Messi and Ronaldo in ice hockey in this country. His stock is rising. So any good stroke, great save. Depends how you want to look at it. He makes. I think everyone's going to really go to town on um, because he's at that stage now where he's earned the right for that. Um, but like, I, I'm with you to the point of it's not the, he's not his great save, but it's a yeah, good yeah. save. No, and no. I know and I know you mentioned it, that, so I'm not I'm not saying yeah. you, you just deadpan him. But I think that's probably one of the reasons why he's because his stock has just grown, and I think he's now got that the the adulation that comes with any good save, anything that looks out of the ordinary. Oh, it's just a great Ben Bounds. Not saying you know, I'm not taking the mic when I say that, but because of how well he's done, and he that's, needs, that's where it's all. He needs to get out of the UK. He needs to, he needs to get in a league that's not the EIHL, and he needs to do it swiftly. He needs to do it over the next couple of seasons because he's what? How old is he now? 27, 28? Twenty seven, twenty eight. I think it's roughly around that age, but it depends on, on on the contract offered, and you can argue that you know you don't want to go for. A, a stupid contract just to earn the spot. Um, I'll be honest with you, and I, I don't know if Griff remembers conversations after the World Champs in only Hungary. We said he could probably go to a DEL to earn a contract, as in you know, go starter. No, so sorry, go back up and work your way. For us, after Kashitsa, it was you could go to all like that and be starter. Um, maybe a third season, you know, kind of you know you've you've proved yourself on a bigger stage and in hockey terms for UK teams domestically and international, there's no bigger stage than the CHL and the main pool of the world championships, which he's been competing in consistently at the moment. So maybe another good year of that. I I'd I'd like to see him challenge DEL. Maybe even even SHL. If you read Facebook, maybe even AHL. Well, well, I know. No, I don't do you know what? That, that was that was tongue in cheek. That is that I definitely <sighs> do not think he's going to go and lace up in the AHL. By the way, I I don't think he would. But then it depends. You know, who knows? Yeah, Barnsley could take on a decent team. So, well, allegedly so. But let's just say a team that pans it and goes, you know what? Let's give this. We've kept an eye on this kid. Let's give him a shot. Let's give him ten, fifteen games. That's the type of way he may crack that level. You know, like Dave, it's like Dave Phillips when he went to Rockford. Yeah. Yeah. He he was on it was on a you know on a on a recommendation from Mark Bernard, ex Storm goalie and um, Basingstoke uh, goalie general manager, rink cleaner. He did everything whilst he was at Basingstoke, and he was I think he still is general manager of Rockford. Uh, if anybody can sort of uh, correct me, then fair dues. But he was he he said to the Rockford guys, you know, take a chance on this kid. He then went to the, I think he saw do the, the training camps for Chicago, and he was bored. I think it was like one or two inches away from making the show. And the concept of Dave Phillips playing in the NHL would be something that is mind blowing. That would be dangerous. It would be very dangerous. But I think that's, and this is not a slur on Ben Bams, but I think that's the only way he'd make that level. But I think if he carries on playing it the way he is and does it as another good season in, in, in Switzerland with the World Champs, DL, maybe Liga. Maybe SHL could be somewhere that he could go to and say, you know what, I'm good enough to be 
at this level. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I, I, I just think he's got to do it quick, sooner rather than later, because he's, he's, you generally see goalie peak around 27. It's not like a player, you know, 26, 27, when they've got that game experience under the belt. He's going to have to do it soon if he's going to get something out of it. But we'll see what happens. Gref, Andy, what do, you, what do you guys reckon? I'm in same boat as you guys. He needs to, he'll need to leave pretty soon. Probably like next one or two seasons, maybe. Especially if he has another outstanding tournament at the World Champs in Lausanne. It'll, for the ones that said your contract's in basic terms boring, your, your CV's boring, it definitely won't be boring now. Yeah. I agree completely. Uh, I mean, I think that was the right time for him to experience a different league, uh, improve, and obviously there's, there's no one really under bounds that's at the same level as he is in the GB in, in Great Britain. So the, the way he's going to improve is to go to a different league, gain some valuable experience, face some amazing players, and you know just just go from there because you know it's going to be a lot harder this time around. Uh, I think if if GB do stay up next year, then it's going to be even even tougher, especially when you got two teams there this year. So we're in our group. Well, no, sorry, one team. And that's Belarus. Belarus, yeah. And yeah. I think they're hosting next year's. So correct. Obviously, even if we beat them, uh, but we lose the rest of our games, we still go down because of Belarus hosting next year. The, the year after. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong. If Belarus are the bottom of our group, and then, and obviously we come above them, which is kind of a given if they're bottom of our group. But if they're bottom of our group, is it not the two lowest ranked teams across the so whole division? Basically, so it's going to be like the second in hand, but it'd be the second lowest ranked team across the whole division. Uh, yeah, so exactly. Two people from the other group, essentially, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, so GB finished 13th in the World Champs this, in the ones in, in Slovakia. They'd have to finish there again to guarantee their survival. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Um, we'll stick on goalies, actually. I feel like we've, we've kind of come up with a good way to segue into the next thing on the agenda. Um, so unless anybody's got anything else to add on... Um, on that, we'll segue into uh, into our next part of the agenda, which is uh, news out of Guildford. Uh, we heard a few weeks back or so that Petr Cech had, uh, had fully kitted up and he got between the pipes at a Guildford Flames training session, was it not? Yep. Um, he has now officially signed a contract for a Guildford Phoenix, which I believe are NIHL 2. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Petr Cech, uh, obviously the once... Um, pro football goalie for Chelsea and Arsenal is now yep. uh, lacing up for the Guildford Phoenix uh, between the pipes. Indeed, what do we, do we make to that. Well, he, he's a goalie on ice by trade as well. Um, on all accounts, going up to thirteen, fourteen before he had the made the choice between football and hockey. If he just stuck with the hockey route, a lot of people says he could have been in the same bracket of NHL goalies. Apparently, the age group he was actually that good. Um, 
Oh, um, back to uh, too too negatively though. <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's he's got a good career out of football. He's you know one of the best Czech Republic uh, goalies. One silverware left, right, centre. He's done all right. Um, well, that's a decent goalie anyway. Czech players are no good according to most fan. It's according to our fan base. Well, yeah, um, but um, it's it's not a stunt because he's been going he's been going to games at Guildford for five six years. Um, a lot of people I know constantly bump into him and he doesn't go like in the block he, stand, he sits in the stands he's with the fans um, so if he's if he's still as good as the reckon and at all accounts really that session he did alright um, against Guildford's elite league forwards then he'll give the Phoenix um, a, a decent uh, a decent chance and uh, maybe um um, a friend of ours, uh, Luke Becker, who plays for him, may get uh, a shot of some silverware, bless him. I mean, I like the fact that he's wearing 39 as well, being from the Czech, Hashuk. It just comes to my, right to my heart there, being a Buffalo fan. Hi, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you beat us in one game. Well done. Come back when you've made playoffs. Did, did you see the ticket tape parade? I was going to say. The open bus uh, was already, the open top bus was already booked out, unfortunately. Otherwise, that would have been going. Yeah, it was booked by Manchester. What, <laughs> <laughs> for a zero-point weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have it every week, then. <laughs> yeah, it, his helmet's actually quite decent as well. I mean, I'm not really... A fan of Arsenal or Chelsea, but the design of it is actually really nice. It's got like the Czech flag down the middle. One side is like the Arsenal badge, the other side is Chelsea. And he's got like a picture of like, I think it's Hashik as well on his helmet on the back. That is, from the images I've seen of it, that is a really nice helmet. Yeah, it, it, it's good for the sport. Um, looks very, very decent as well uh, as an Arsenal goalie. So I think he'll do very well for Phoenix. It'd be great to see him. I, I know he's 37 years old, but still could be a few, few more years left in him. It, it would be nice to see him uh, in, the, in the elite league, league some day, even if it is for a short time. It'd be great to see that happen. But just one thing that I, I'm still, I'm nicking it, I'm nicking, I'm nicking this from you, Dave. Sorry. It grinds my gears, so to speak, that you know it, it, it takes an ex-pro footballer to join an IHL2 side to get hockey back in worldwide use, in worldwide use of sport, but especially in this country. I mean, you see, you saw GB this year remaining in, 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 in the top flight of World Championship hockey for the first time in 20 years. No one outside hockey in this country really cared about that. But then you got this football coming in, joining this fourth tier team, and, and it's just like everywhere. And it, it, it just annoyed me a bit, to be honest with you. You know, you, I saw on Twitter some of the comments on the uh, Chelsea and, 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 and Petter's personal page saying, oh, is some football fans saying, is this a joke? Oh, I was put on timber without really knowing that he's actually got a uh, chest guard underneath, chest padding. It. You know, it's it, it just annoys me a little bit that you know it, it takes someone like a pro footballer to join 
a low-level team, no disrespect to them, to make it news, whereas everything else isn't really news. Whether GB could win, I don't know, they could finish in the top five as well as championships next year, and it, it would probably make the news at all. So it, it does upset me a bit, but I think if it's going to take sport in the right direction, I think it, it's good in that way. But I think more needs to be done you know, to publicise our soccer in Maine as the GB uh, team, as, as the teams, you know, around the elite league, so it needs to be, you know, for them as well. It's, it's surprising the amount of news outlets, and we're talking huge news outlets: CNN, BBC, uh, Sky News, all having this article about what is in essence um, a signing to a third tier uh, team. No disrespect to the Guildford Phoenix, um, but it, like I say, it shows just the the outreach that that news has made. Um, it's a golden opportunity for the Phoenix mainly, but also British Hockey just to get that more additional exposure. Use it to our advantage. See, I don't think it is. I, I keep seeing people saying, oh, this is fantastic for the sport, this is great exposure. What well, it isn't. We're getting... Everybody knows that ice hockey exists as a sport. And now it's just uh, for, from what people are looking at, from people from the outside looking in, for people who don't know about British hockey, for people who don't know the level of the hockey now in this country, people are going to look at that and go, Petacek, a pro football player, pro football goalie, has now decided. However old, how old is he now? Thirty-seven. At thirty-seven years old, has now decided. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pad up and I'm gonna play ice hockey. And everybody's now looking at that and going, Well, how easy is it to go and play ice hockey? Without knowing the backstory, without knowing anything like that, without having any idea of hockey, I don't think it brings good exposure to suddenly. Because it, it's not fo- it's not British ice hockey. It's not focused on British ice hockey. All this ball they're bothered about is, oh, there's a football player that's playing ice hockey now. Great. It's, it's NIHL two. It's not. The, we're not talking about the top division. And as far as anybody's concerned, all it is is, as Andy said, are people who people are looking at this going, is this a joke? And all of a sudden, Petr Cech is playing for playing for a third division team in, in the in the UK. In the context of what you're saying, it's not... Because what I said is the exposure, and I'll explain why. Yes, what you're saying in terms of it's not going to be the big thing that's going to do it, you're right. For me, what it can do, and there's a lot of cans and buts and, 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 and potentials, it's just opening doors. It's opening doors for teams to go, right, let's yeah. jump on this bandwagon. Because that's what teams need to do. That's what the sport needs to do to really push it. Because yeah, you're right. It's not going to go. Oh well, if you don't, if you don't know this now, you're never going to go on the back of this news. But it's banging the drum again. Yeah. So it's going to say, you know what? Oh, you've heard about Petr Cech. Well, why don't you see your local team? You've heard about Petr Cech. We've got this game here. You've heard of Petr Cech playing this. You know, it's, it's just taking advantage and jumping on them bandwagons just to get that bit more, that extra inch of exposure. And that's that's all they can do. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I agree with you on on, on that front. So my comment then wasn't necessarily aimed more at, at, at yeah, yeah. the way you said it, but it's it's more what I've seen across social media of the amount of people that are posting saying, "Oh, I've just seen about Petter Check on calendar. Oh, I've just seen about Petter Check on the BBC News. Oh, that's fantastic for for the, the sport in this country." And I just think, no, that specifically this being on the BBC News right now is not fantastic exposure for this. I get I get the whole any PR any publicity is good publicity, any PR is you know good PR, but. At the same time, it's not PR for, for for the sport in this country, is it really? It's, it's PR for the Phoenix, and that's it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For that, from that respect, if the Phoenix can use that to get people to go and support them as a team, if people want to, oh, actually fancy going to see by Pear Check, as you say, yeah, in that front, yeah. But for British, for British ice hockey, I don't see this being a big pedestal unless they use it more as a, as Andy says, if he's, if he's, if he is that good, if he gets a season under his belt and then, I don't know, Dundee think, do you know what? Let's give him a bash. Fair play. You know, we're seeing more and more teams signing second import netties. If someone like Dundee suddenly goes, oh, let's sign him in addition to whoever we've got, then fair play. That's, you know, that would then be a good thing for British ice hockey. And if that then became more exposed, gave more exposure, then yeah, that, at that point would be good exposure. I just think the specific exposure at this point in time is not good exposure. And the amount of people that are just going, oh, we're on, oh, we're on the news, look at this, oh, this is really good. No, it's not. Yeah, you're right. And I think that reaction is because it's never been on the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I you know, I was absolutely gutted last December when the uh, sports first started here. And even when they, took, when they, they announced the teams of the year and they go through different moments throughout the whole calendar. And not even to get the mention. Now, yeah, there was a lot of competition for that. Don't get me wrong. But and I'm like, that, that was gutted. This year should have that, and that's the exposure that really the, the British game should be able to, to use and abuse. Um, and I think just because you don't get that, you don't see that on that big stage, you know, Sky Sports News covering it, you know, BBC News covering it. And you've seen where are we used to seeing football news, rugby news, cricket news all the time. For a split second, our sport is amongst them. Now, yeah, it's only going to benefit the Phoenix. But for years of not having that, oh my god, this is amazing! So I can I can understand that reaction. Mm. I'm not saying it's the right one, but I can understand it because it's like, wow, we've had this, we're on par with uh, with Man U. Well, that just shows how badly Man U are doing this year. Um, hi, Gref. Um It's it's that kind of thing where you know you have to see fun. I will I will swear on 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 live. You'll say you, you'll say you'll say later. I thought you would. I thought you were um, a Salford fan. <laughs> but that's that, that's the point I'm trying to make. Is is that you've you've had enough? You've had this thing that's not happened for so long to finally happen, and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. The premise of what you're saying, I think it's the reason why people have been is because it's just not happened for so long. I think so, I've just got that cynical after reading things on social media that I instantly just. There's a fine line between fishing and then just just questioning everything. You're just a cynical person, Joe. Well, well I'm not going to disagree with you, mate. <laughs> I'm really not. Here you go, Joe. What do you think about the the commentary news this morning? Oh yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> they um they put out an announcement saying that um it room they, to quash the rumours. That uh, Steve Agrizovic, I think that's how you pronounce his surname, I haven't seen him play for that long, was not signing for the Blades. Now, he's in his late 60s. Coventry, 66. 60, Coventry City net, uh, goal, goalkeeper legend. Um, but they, they jumped on that bandwagon. And again, it's, it's just, the, it's, it's like, in fairness, it's a classic example, it's just jumping on that bandwagon. You know, they've got, Coventry got five seconds of fame today. Brilliant. Gets them in the conscience of, of people in Coventry. You know, but uh, I, I read that and I laughed. I'm thinking, Danny Stewart's talking about him, I'm thinking, you ain't got a clue who this person is, mate. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue away from this um from this topic because I think I well unless anybody's got anything else to add about Petr Cech, I um yeah. I'm gonna segue away from this. You you've given me a, a foothold into another topic that we've not actually got on the agenda, um, but I wanted to, I want to bring up because I I can't not say it. I can't keep quiet. You talked about Coventry. We're in October. We're three weeks away from Halloween. What the hell are those jerseys? It's just a thriller. Like, what I, all I can say. Friday the 13th, definitely, but what the hell are those jerseys? The, the, the Jason mask looks literally like somebody's taken a black and orange jersey and then superimposed it on in a really bad Photoshop. I'm not even necessarily going to go on the, the design of the jersey. Somebody's, somebody has designed those jerseys. They've put the effort into design those jerseys. I'm not going to talk about that to any extent, other than the fact that the Jason logo on the front isn't even straight. It's wonky. Um, what is was that? It, was it the same guy who painted the Steelers ice the set of logo? <laughs> was it the same guy? What do you think it could have been? Um, I mean, I'm not being funny now, but 90% of the time when you use editing software, it even tells you when it's straight and when it's in line with whatever you're drawing it against. So I don't know how they've got it so wonky, but um, I'm not going to go into design quite so much. But what the hell is that font? We've been to the airport section, but actually I think we'll find that Coventry have made a new signing this uh, this week. They have now signed Evan Bluff because that's what it looks like it says. Where it's is the ghost, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I just uh, honestly I don't know what you guys thought but I saw that and just, I, I, what, uh, we, we've seen ooh. some we've seen some terrible Halloween jerseys um, and I, I think on the font alone this is up there it's um, you know why, why would you and I know this colour scheme is Halloween but still why would you try and have a shirt that's actually quite similar to a rival's shirt that's their views already this season. Um, even have their logo on. A Steelers fan could buy that shirt and use it as a Steelers shirt. It's no, it's no logo. It doesn't even have the commentary logo on it. Joe, don't put ideas in people's heads. Um, yeah. But yeah, the fonts alone. The fonts alone. Yeah, think of the children. The fonts alone is... There's better fonts used than better fonts available that would have made the shirt stand out just a little bit more. It'd look better in Times New Roman. And Ariel. Ariel. Always Ariel. Definitely Ariel. not Comic Sans. That looks like the type of font that you'd use in like a 2001 Microsoft Word and then the little paperclip would pop up and go, <laughs> like, do you I help? miss that paperclip. When I'm doing my university work, that, that paperclip would crop up. When I was a kid, that thing was my was best friend. Like, with literally no, no joke. Oh. Yeah. Can we all just pause to uh, to realise how sad that is? He <laughs> just, really, just changed the mood of the podcast. It's like a really poor version of Toy Story Four, isn't it? Where you make instead it's just it's just a graphic paperclip. Oh, I was what, did you, child. What, what did you call it? Steve, of course. Steve the paperclip. What else would you call your paperclip? Well, something that was like Peter, Peter the paperclip. At least, at least he gets me alliteration. Come on. I was a kid. Come on. Don't, 
Don't judge me for that. <laughs> okay, so when everybody clicks on this episode and wonders why, this episode is called My Fancy Zamboni, Episode 45, Steve the Paperclip. That is now why. Joe, don't throw him under the bus. No, sorry. No, I think you'll find it's a new phrase this year, actually. It's a new phrase. It was developed at the back end of last season. It is now the revolving door. Oh, sorry. My bad. I, that that is another one that irritates me because as soon as you get rid of a player that everybody wants to get rid of, it's a revolving door. That really grinds your gears. It really grinds my gears, and for that reason, we're moving on. Um, Three one night. <laughs> um, so the other uh, thing that we've got on the agenda is we we talked about last week that Aaron Brocklehurst was called for a, a penalty for dragging the stick to Thomas Duber after he launched his stick realising that he'd made a poke check 10 foot early um, he got a penalty for dragging his stick to him uh, the, the rule at the time rule 128 Dave of the AAHF rule book is that that's the one you can't drag flick or play somebody's stick to them with your own stick it has to be picked up and passed with a hand by a player not involved in the play Um the Elite League have actually, in their casebook, which we've, we've talked about a couple of times, uh, they have made a few changes. Uh, they've even put up a, a video explaining it with Mr. Luke Fisher, um, over like commenting on it. Uh, basically, it's just, just to say how the rule is changing. Um, they've well, they've, they've, they've updated a couple. Summary about double IHF changes and impact on the IHF rules. Uh, the Elite Ice Hockey League has, for the past two seasons, already used the new double IHF interpretation consult concerning goal scored off the skate. So there's no change on that. The Elite Ice Hockey League is already using the NHL netminder interference standard, which the double IHF have adopted. No change again. The one that has changed, as I just said about Brocklehurst getting a penalty against Cardiff. The one noticeable change will be the rule adjustment concerning broken and dropped sticks. The Elite League's casebook has been updated to reflect the IHF rule change, which is also explained in the video. Basically, it's now a lot more logical. It kind of goes down the line of what I was saying on the podcast last week. Um, basically, I mean, my understanding of the video, I don't know if any of you, any of you have watched the video, but my understanding is basically they're saying now, if it's safe, then it's okay, essentially. Um that, that was the basic gist of the video that I got. They, they very much said they were moving along the logical lines of the reasoning of the rule is to make sure it's a safe passage of the stick. If that's the case, then there's going to be no penalty call on the play. Um, it has got a couple of Steelers fans a bit worked up, but at the end of the day, a rule changes. Everybody was talking about how, how bad a rule it was. We, you know, As I say, I, I said that I thought, whilst it was the right interpretation of the rule, that there is room for interpretation for it to be a bit more logical. And they seem, they seem to have stepped that way. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I think in, in terms of the league, I think it's a good step forward. I agree. I mean, what's happened is it was the IIHF semi-congress in Rome where they review rules like this and they, they made the change from that. Um, and fair play the Elite League for actually being very proactive in updating not only the rules to the teams, which is the more important thing, not telling the fans, but they've also told the fans through the casebook that's available to the fans should they want to um, learn about the game and, and read the, the casebook. Um, it, it makes sense. We, we, we talked about it. It was common sense. And they've now adapted common sense. So fair play. Short and sweet on that one. For me, it's 
last week. Don't know what you're on about. Wasn't here. Rumour mill going. Did you know about the podcast last week, Griff? Did you know about the podcast last week? Yeah. Disappointed about the podcast last week. Come on. Yeah. For that rule being changed, I'm fair play to the league for doing it as quickly as possible. I I did listen to the podcast last week on the way to work and from home and I agree for about four consecutive days for how long we went on last week skip there's like a skip button so it's fine every time you were mentioned it was just nope don't want to hear anything bad about me I, I love hearing about me it was fine <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew it was in your heart it was fine did you, did you also like the section where we said we needed to get you a forfeit for every time you fall Fine. It's fine. I've done forfeits before around you guys. It's fine. Brilliant. Not, not much else I can add apart from the fact, like Graf said, it's great that they've, uh, you know, they've, they've changed it this early instead of leading to more similar incidents happening, then starting to change it. You know, after that, that'll be a bit daft to leave it so late, then go happy for the season after it's happened a fair few times, then change it. Really a bit stupid, so done well to you know rectify it quickly and uh, make it more clear. I think for a lot of teams and fans who weren't quite familiar with that rule, so I think they've changed it just in time for a bit for to get more you know more exposure to fans to better understand that rule and, and the changes. So it's it's good for them that I've done that. Yeah, I want I just want to put this out now on on the podcast on this episode while we're talking about this. This does not mean that the call was wrong by Perring and Hogarth. It doesn't mean that they made a bad call. It doesn't mean that they were useless from the night. The amount of drivel that I've read on social media over the last few days of, oh, this hasn't, oh, it was a rubbish call from Hogarth or Perring. Oh, what are we doing? Why was this call? I think somebody even said, I think somebody even said that we should get a point, but I think that was slightly tongue in cheek. I like to think that that was slightly tongue in cheek. Wait, you're not getting a point? We're not getting a point? What? I am not even... I'm going to treat that with the content that it deserves. Right? I'm not even going to answer that. But no, I, I, I just think... The referees interpreted the rule correctly at the time. Stop fishing. That's my job. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. The referee interpreted the rule correctly at the time. I'm sure... You know, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. Um... I just baffles me that people trying to trying to say that this rule change means that the referees got it wrong. That it just it just astounds me. Shocking that we're not going to get a point and they say Sheffield won the league. I just I'm just regretting even saying. I'm going to move swiftly on. It's going to be a petition going around. Shut up. <laughs> Griff, go back to sleep. Hashtag save the Sheffield point. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm like, you know what? Right back. HMS Bomber League. Remember that. <laughs> right, and that's another episode of My Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not going to say thank you to any of you today. Um, you've been all right. Um, 
No, moving on, we'll, uh, we'll end um, towards the end of the agenda anyway. Uh, we've got predictions coming up next. Um, no, you cannot predict that Sheffield will be awarded a point. <laughs> Put that out there before you say it. Yeah, um, shoot out. Ref, shut up. Nobody asked you. That's my line. Go on. <laughs> um, shut up, Gref. Um <laughs> I like that. Andy's, you can clearly tell Andy's the one out of the three of you guys that watch Family Guy. He got, he got the reference. Um, Good for you. So, Saturday, that's also... <laughs> I'm loving that. Good comeback. Well played, um, sir. Well played. Very well done. Um, Glasgow, Belfast in Glasgow on Saturday. We're going to go Andy, Gref, Dave and then me. Hang on a minute. So, Gref's in because he's made the podcast this week, whereas last week he didn't make the podcast, so we didn't have his predictions. Am I just understanding that right? Because he didn't just make clarification, Gref's abscondence from last week does not mean that he will be awarded a point. Sorry, guys, I just wanted to clarify that if you if you're it was all counted. I just want to understand the rules. That's all I'm asking for. But I didn't want to remind you that he didn't make the podcast, Gref. I just wanted to understand the rules. I was just showing what was going to happen at the weekend. Gref was about as present Zero in points. the podcast as Manchester were in the playoffs. Depends what, depends what year. <laughs> the last two. <laughs> um, we've got... Um, last week, obviously without Gref, we can presume, actually, that Gref was going to get two wrong because Manchester lost both games. So we'll put Gref on minus two. Um, and Correct. I would have said we would have lost. Oh, yeah, of course you would. Oh, whatever. Card it. Well, then we wouldn't have known what because you were asleep and you didn't make the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Rumours. <laughs> um, Andy, last week, out of ten, got four. Uh, Dave, you and I were on six, so 60% for us two. We, we seem to like the like 60% mark. Sweden's. I don't know. We seem to always kind of hover around there. I'll take that. Um, Compared know, to last year, yeah, definitely. Certainly, <laughs> well, it's certainly better than the first couple of predictions this year as well, isn't it, really? When we ended up having that one or two a weekend. Um, as ever, guys, if you listen to this podcast, don't take our predictions and put it on an accumulator. You'll win nothing. We will be making no refunds or, or aiding anybody in the recovery of their betting funds uh, for accumulators placed based on our predictions it's we not will put you, we will put you more out of pocket than Thomas Cook <laughs> Andy just sometimes <laughs> let it more <laughs> wow and a, a front loaded apology to anybody that listens to the podcast that booked a holiday through Thomas Cook um, oh well it's with Thomas Cook yeah that's well it. Dave's feeling quite happy at the moment after all that slagging offered to him but um yeah, we'll, we'll move swiftly back to the predictions. Uh, first one, we'll see. We'll go Andy, Gref, David and me. Glasgow versus Belfast in Glasgow. Um, close one back in Belfast. Belfast. Before I answer, is this the... Do they play in Belfast? Is this the cup one? I don't know. Because I think, I think that is. is the cup... Right, so that's that's why my answer. So I'm going to go Belfast. Yes, sorry. So I'm going to go. That's I'm going to go Belfast. I like where you. I like. Do you know what? I'm glad you said that because I was hazarding towards Glasgow, but now you've said that Belfast have got to throw everything at this game to not have the extra game. So yeah, I'll I'll agree with you on that. That's why I was asking. Yeah, Uh, Guildford, Nottingham, in Guildford. 
Guildford. Guildford. I thought you fell asleep then, mate. <laughs> I was just wondering what you were going, ooh, for. No, I, I don't know. Guildford. <laughs> I'm going to go Guildford. Ooh. <laughs> um, Manchester Coventry in Manchester. Uh, Coventry. Ooh. <laughs> you saved that for my one. Because I'm saying Coventry. Oh. <laughs> and they did it for me. We just like to clarify, by the way, anybody listening, no, your speakers have not broken. Greth has <laughs> just said Coventry. Wow. I'm keeping up the tradition. You know what you do with traditions. You don't mess with tradition. Greth, you know that was about as coherent as that time that Chris, like Chris Kamara, got like was was on that, uh, was commentating on that game, and then he turned around and went, "Oh, and there's been a goal." As there, I, I must have missed it. <laughs> Oh, it's like everybody's reaction then when you went. Isn't that the semi-enough one? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was substituted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to continue the trend. Sorry, Andy. Um, Coventry. Graf, you're not a true fan. Oh well. Um, I'm, I am also going to say Coventry. Ooh. Um, five Sheffield in Kakadi. Just five. clarification, Andy hasn't frozen. He's just thinking. No, I was trying to think. I think five. Ooh. Gref's wondering yeah. if he can bring himself to say five now. <laughs> Sheffield with the extra point. So I like, I like how you went through that one. Um, or is it overtime there, Gref, or shootout, or just, just not regulation? Just not regulation. Um... Two-point win for the Steelers in regulation, and then off to the elbow room for a few beers. <laughs> All right, a bit of added information there. Um, Dave, do you think plus 5.5 goals, or not wanting to put any more on this time around? Thankfully, most bookies don't do that for elite league games, so we're fine, we're safe. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Sheffield as well. I'm not going to say regulation or overtime, because then I, I win either way. Um, Sunday, Glasgow, Belfast in Glasgow again, league this time round. Oh, um, I'm going to just, just go 50-50 and say Glasgow. I'm going to say Belfast. Glasgow. It's a difficult line to walk, this one, isn't it? Because if, if Belfast have got the... Um, you know, if they if they get the win on the Saturday, then you could think the momentum carrying over into into Glasgow on the Sunday. But Glasgow, I'm going to have to say. Uh, Dundee, Sheffield in Dundee. Hey, you all right, mate? I think you need to go. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's going on. I'm fine. Are you sure? <laughs> We're good. Andy, Andy, Greg, what are your predictions? Please. Andy first. <laughs> Sheffield. Dundee. Sheffield. In overtime. Oh, right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to say Sheffield. Uh, Coventry, Cardiff in Coventry. Cardiff. Coventry. Oh, well, I'm going to back the underdog and I'm going to say Cardiff win. They've lost the last two in Co- Coventry, if memory says right, so it would be a bit, of a, a, bit, a bit of an upset for Cardiff to win. No? No. Now think of all the, the Cardiff fans whose ears are bleeding at being called the underdog. Um, bit of block 13 spirit in the stands, they'll be fine. See, I don't think that, I don't, I wouldn't, still wouldn't class them as the underdog. I think league, I think they'll come out to play a bit more. But I don't know. I can see what you're doing, by the way. I'm not stupid. <laughs> that that is open to interpretation, Joe. If I'm honest. Um, five Nottingham in five. 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 Yeah, full on five, but that one. Dave, do you just want to like bugger off? Because I don't really know what you're doing now. I actually did nothing then for once. You're just randomly giggling at yourself. I'm still laughing from earlier on. Um, yeah, all right, that's uh, predictions done. Andy, over to you, mate, because we've got Stafford stories to end with. It's, it, I'm upset a bit because uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to unlock memories from my mind that I'm, I'm going to put a bit short a bit a minute to be honest. Hold on, hold on. Just rewind. Did you just say I'm trying to unlock memories from my mind? Yeah, because I've. Did you worst... become some kind of like, <laughs> like, I'm a poet? I've got a worse brain than a goldfish, mate. I've I've no idea. Um, there is one funny moment from uh, from when, when I was just just first started playing ice hockey, uh, and that was basically I was going on there trying to trying to take a shot on that. Um, I think you've now, so if you just start playing ice hockey, it doesn't bode well, but carry on. It doesn't. Um, rec players will know this very well, so ourselves, that if, if, if you've not got a goal in a training session and you're playing like some sort of scrim, it's usually a one net that hasn't got a goalie in it. It's the aim of hitting the crossbar or both posts. Right? For anybody wondering, by the way, it's also more of a challenge when Dave's in that because he's, you know... It's not even an argument. So basically, uh, I, I hit the post, which is ten- technically a goal if you've not got a goalie in, in the net. So I've never been able to hit the post before without actually aiming aiming for it. So obviously, I'm, I'm in celebration mode, not knowing what's going to happen next. And guess what happens? Puck goes straight into my face. Off the post. <laughs> <laughs> That's a celebration. Did somebody get it on video? Unfortunately not. But oh right. dear. That would so, be fantastic. Yes. So again, I'm, I'm thinking, obviously, this is a great way to throw it out to you guys, to everyone listening. Uh, obviously, tweet us in with, 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 what, with what your best best hockey funniest memory is, like per, maybe personally or uh, something like that. So don't ask Griff about goal celebrations because they are very few and far between. Yeah, we know the after effect of when Gref scores, so... Um, Can confirm. I, I've, I've got one, and it, it pains me to say it. It was, it was at night's training, 
Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I know which one straight away. So do I. So we played the scrim. Um, the scrim was tied at the end, and we decided that we were going to decide it over a penalty shootout. Uh, so if it was a Sunday and the Steelers were playing, Dave might have been in with a shot of getting his second point of guessing overtime or shootout. Um, and a couple of penalty shots on either side have been taken, both missed. I'm not going to say saved. We'll, we'll go missed. Um, their team take one, miss. And I stepped up, scored my penalty shot, and decided to uh, to go down to one knee in celebration. And as I stood up, I put my foot flat on the floor, and my ankle decided that it did not want to play ball, uh, completely collapsed. And the next minute, I ended up on the floor. Um, and then three weeks later, eventually in A&E, um, with ligament damage in my ankle. So, yeah, lovely celebration, lovely after effect. I, I feel your pain, Andy, with the uh, the injury coming from a, a celebration. Um, You've got to literally keep your head on a, sw- a swivel at all times, haven't you? Even, even when you play stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. So, yeah, that was that. That was mine. Um, it got a lot, it got a few laughs until people started to realise that um, I, w- I was not okay. <laughs> uh, and then it, it still got laughs. So, yeah. What's mine? Anybody? I think mine... It's not, cushions, it's not injury-related. No, not injury-related, this one. Um, so, it's ball hockey-related. So, for those who know it, it's a non-checking sport. Um, you, me and you tag-team that guy in the crease. No, different one. I don't th- I'm, I'm not even sure you were playing. Um, so, anyway, so we're playing um, a team, and I'm not mentioning because the person's um, involved in the sport still, and he'd probably get upset that I um, call him out for foul play. Um, he makes a check on one of our players. It was a bit of a dirty one, which in ice hockey would have been called pretty uh, 210 in ball. The doors would be open, he'd be out of the game. As a very calm and collective goaler that I am, um, I see the first person and I scream. I was playing in this game. I know was, he, was, he, was he playing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. I, I, I questioned um, this, this person who I thought was the person who made the check. I questioned what he was doing and if he tried it again, you know, the calm and collective goal would go and that was it. You know, to answer, I, I, I threatened him with everything. To then realise, because the person looked to me blank like, why are you screaming at me? Why are you shouting at me? I've got the wrong person. <laughs> I've absolutely gone full, full, well, both feet in. I am calling him from a pig to a dog. And it's the wrong person. A week and a half later after this game, we, we, we cross paths in the pub. And it's, hello, David. Hello, person. And then he's like, are you sure I'm the right person? Do you want to call me something else? Um, so, yeah, I think that's... As, as, as making a fool of myself, and this is not just playing hockey, um, I think that's probably my funniest story. Yeah, that was good. And shout out to Ben Clark on this one as well, because Ben always listens to the podcast, and it was him that was beating. It was the hit, yes, hi. So uh, no, I was, I was, I was playing in that game. So I came, I was on the bench at the time and watched the hit. I think if I'd have been on the rink at the time, I'd have, ju- I'd have got after the guy that made the hit because it was, it was a very, very bad hit. Uh, but I, I, I changed just afterwards and just came and stood next to you and just went, "How, how do you think that one went, Dave?" <laughs> it was just like. Uh, he's like, what's up, David? I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's fine. Well, what's up? What's up? Oh, I've just got the wrong person. And it's like slow realization. It's like when I fell asleep, when you that realization that you've you've uh, said the wrong line at the wrong time. It's like, oh, no, I'll just go back and do my thing or try and do my thing. And uh, yeah, in fairness, the, me and the kid who I, I screamed at, we still laugh about it um, every so often. So that's mine, Gref. Over to you. Probably the only like 
one that I can probably remember is probably like last season, I think it was. Yeah, it was last season where I went full Luis Mendoza and couldn't stop. I remember right into the board. I'm pretty sure you were definitely there, Joe. Uh, yeah, I, see, I think I'm sure I remember this one. Sure. Probably the only like silly thing I've done, and I, I literally got full on hockey wise, Dave. Hockey wise. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I have an, I have an, I have a second one that I think will make Dave laugh in particular. Was at, at nationals at ball hockey uh, a year or so ago. Uh, we played a team from up north, a team called Stanley Stingers, and um. So I get hit clean across the back of the head. Decent bit of force to the hit. Um, like, blade of a stick straight to the back of my head. It, it like hit, mainly hit the helmet. Hit a bit of my neck and then came up hit the helmet. But it was a decent force behind it. So I turned around, and I like to play a bit of an agitator anyway, but... Yeah, I know you're a little surprised. Um, but I turned around. This guy, I'm thinking this guy's just like two-handed me across the back of the head. So I gave him a massive slash to the back of the leg. And he just looked at me, and there's me, like, expect, is this guy going to drop the gloves with me? Are we going to end up fighting? What's, is he going to slash me back? And he just looked at me, and it turns out that he got his stick caught, and somebody else pulled his stick, and as he pulled his stick, his stick had accidentally come up and hit me on the back of the head. So he was like, oh, my God, mate, I'm really sorry. And I was stood in the middle of the ring going, oh, no, I'm really sorry, I've just slashed you. And next minute, we stood there, like, put his arm around each other, tapped each other on the back, of the, on the back, and then we just stood in the middle of the hockey rink having a conversation about, like, what we thought would happen. Meanwhile, the game is continuing behind us. There's a conversation. Oh, dear. I next thing, all I could hear as I went to the bench was Dave just going, yeah, nice conversation there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Probably one of the funny moments... Almost every year at All Stars, someone goes on the ice with skate guards. Oh, that's always a good one. Always someone. The yeah. best one, and he'll, he'll not be named for now, um, but uh, one of our teammates, I think it could have been your first year uh, on, B- it was. on BHF, uh, one of our teammates who was had the camera to get some footage, quality material, um, left his skate guards on, and he's holding the camera at the same time. <laughs> Can, can we hold on hold on we're missing one very very vital moment other than like the number of times that Dave has um, managed to leave his equipment oh yes yeah, in various areas like going to a two day tournament at a leisure centre panicking like mad because he can't find his helmet to realise that he didn't put the helmet was still there but I'll tell you what it dried that was superb whatever they did with it that was super I was more than happy with that or the time that we had training on a Friday at in Rotherham He's late <laughs> stick up against, against the wall outside the rink. We came back Saturday morning first thing to start a tournament to realise he'd left his stick outside and it was still there. Um, Faith in humanity restored. That's what I thought it were. Yeah, well, this is true. I think I think the number of times that you've lost your kit, mate, has 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 to be up there. Um, oh, no, bro, that, well, bro, I was going to say that was the best one. Uh, going to a tournament and leaving all my kit in Sheffield, Thomas in Cardiff, but taking my sticks, bearing in mind, to get my sticks, I had to take it over the, the kit bag. And I realised at the hotel, and that's it, proper meltdown. And who was one of the first people told? Aggressive phone call. Go get in now, get in now, what's up, what's up? Goes into the room, can't play, can't play in the tournament, what do you mean, what do you mean? 
This I, makes I, thinking any possible like thing like he's injured himself, he's done something, he said something to someone because they wound him up and now he's been told he can't play. There's a million things going through my head. The one thing that has never even remotely crossed my mind is he's left his kit injured. <laughs> I'll have a kit there, Joe. And he's he, gone from he, the serious he, look of like so He was going to pick up a check the drawers and put it through the wall. Fair's <laughs> <laughs> probably made that hotel pounds of improvement. Um, yeah, well, let's said about that. Fair play managed to get, and the, the nice bit out of the story, managed to get equipment, about to borrow the other goalie's uh, chess guard, which proved to be a bit of a crop top, but managed to get goalie's kits that fitted me in South Wales that weren't using at the weekend. Um, so... The flip side to that was Dave told me Dave literally is about to put his fish through the wall and I'm standing there having been told that one of the organisers of the tournament that we are attending has left his kit <laughs> take his sticks out over his kit bag and close the boot and I can only what, what can only be described as look like I was chewing a wasp because I was so trying to stop myself from laughing honest <laughs> to God I can't imagine what I look like, but literally Dave said it to me, it and was, I, was just, I was just straight face, just like, hilarious. okay, what, what did was, you do? It was a picture. In my defence, I had to take nine bags down, I just left the main bag that I needed. Yeah, you took the bag with beer. Yeah. That's the main bag. Yeah. And I got to wear some really nice pads, so, you know, every cloud. Some, yeah, some really nice pads that then prompted you to buy some new pads a year later, because you were, still were like going on about how nice the pads were. yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, come up, we'll come up with some good ones there. Any, any, any more funny stories yeah, or are we, are we good to I have got one yeah it's like open the floodgates now for, for more that I've just just remembered um, have you um, have you un- unlocked it you found the keys mate I've, I've unlocked one to lock here yeah. uh, have you found the secret not yet still searching for that <laughs> I was going to come out with that one as well uh, two years ago in uh, the Blackburn Ice Arena, uh, when they still had the hump, the famous hump in the middle, uh, basically a, a pipe had burst underneath the ice surface and basically just, just created a massive hump in the middle of the ice. Uh, I, was, I was playing a few years ago with Steel City Hawks. Uh, it was about one of our away games there. And I was battling on the boards with the player. Obviously, the stick was on the boards. Uh, not unbeknownst to me that one of the yellow, uh, I forgot what you call it, the, the yellow dasher right at the bottom. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, 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 the bit at the bottom of the boards. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that it was part of it was loose. So I'm there battling to get the puck, got the puck back, got back to my teammate. And I think everything's all right. I'm, I'm trying to turn and go back to the centre of the ice, and I can't. Uh, so it was, it was then I realised that the stick was actually lodged inside that yellow bit and I'm just there frantically trying to get it back bearing in mind that we're on the penalty kill as well I'm just there <laughs> trying to trying to get it free and it just, it just will not work and I literally tried to borrow someone else's stick uh, and then wait until the period had finished so I had to literally come out and, and get a uh, drill to get the other part loose so we can get it back oh it's just that was hilarious Speaking of speaking of losing your stick in the boards, on a slightly side note, did anybody see what Mark Andre Fleury did in the um, yes Vegas Sharks game the other day? Brilliant. So, to anybody who hasn't seen it, but uh, we we said this a couple of weeks ago when Andy was asking about pranks uh, that that Fleury um, is known across 
his team and across the NHLs but has been a bit of a prankster. Um, there was a bit of a melee in front of the net. There were a couple of sticks that ended up loose, and it was Brent Burns' stick or somebody like that. Somebody lost their stick from the from the Sharks. Fleury picked it up. The player's skating over to Fleury, thinking, "Oh, really nice of him, you know. He's he's, he's grabbing me my, my stick, so I don't have to mess about and get it." Yet Fleury then turns round and posts it through the little hole in the plexiglass where the um, where the photographers can take pictures and basically just post it out to the fans. Basically, basically like his own equivalent of just throwing it over the plexi. Um, just straight up, you just see the San Jose players just coming over, going, well, "What do I do now?" <laughs> I just, I just thought it was quality. He popped up on Facebook, and I just thought, "What, what a lad, quality." Right. Any more funny stories, or are we good to end episode forty-four, forty-five? No, I think that's good for now. We're good for now. Yeah. We're good for now. So, Stafford, get unlocking the memories from your mind because uh, we're going to need another one next week. Uh, but for now, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe, Graf, Andy, um, everyone who's listened. Um, I would say I'd apologise for the laughter, but no, um, this has been a fun one to record as ever. Yeah, we did one at the start that it was going to be a delirious. Um, I think we raised the bar on that one. I think we did, actually. Yeah, I'll give you that. Give you that. So, uh, good work, gents. Good work. And, uh, Graf, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Joe. It was nice to stay awake as well. It was nice to, to stay awake. Thanks to Dave and to Ander, and obviously not Andy's internet provider. Yeah, can't come Yeah, brings exactly on to what I was going to say. Andy, thank you very much, sir. Please get a new internet provider. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, uh, utility warehouse, don't go with them. They're rubbish. Uh, what was yeah. it you actually said? Because you your internet went again, and it... Something along the lines of couldn't eat soup with a fork or something like what? I was I was trying to say that the company, the people who work for Utility Warehouse probably use a fork to consume soup with instead of a spoon. Uh, so I was trying to get out. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you, Joe, thank you, Dave, thank you, Graf, and uh, I, I didn't mean the Thomas Cook thing about anyone else affected. That I just went the company as a whole. Uh, I really hope you do get your money back if you do travel with them and I hope everything's all right. So I just want to clear that up. Um, instead of frustration, I, I try to make a joke and make a laugh out of things because I, I was absolutely devoured when the internet went down. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. But thank you, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> sorry, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you know, it's almost as if like you've suddenly over the last like half an hour you've just gone, maybe that was a really badly judged comment. I'm, <laughs> I need to say something now. <laughs> <laughs> just like I said, it wasn't aimed at anyone. I didn't mean it in the way to any you know individuals affected. I spent as a company as a whole. So, so, but generally, I do hope you get money back. Everything's resolved. It wasn't meant in the way that it might have sounded like. It was just simply frustration. A terrible, terrible insect provider. He's uh, talking to this hypothetical person. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. So Andy hopes that this hypothetical person gets the money back. But no, um, yeah, gents, thank you very much. It's, it's been interesting, as always. Um, thank you to everybody listening. I can't imagine that anybody's made it to this point, but if you have, congratulations. Well done. Yeah. Um, hats off to you. Um, but no, thank you very much. Achievement unlocked. What? Achievement unlocked. Achievement unlocked. <laughs>
Oh, you, you, hold on, achievement unlocked. You've got to go on the PlayStation route as well. I can't remember what the PlayStation route is now. <laughs> I don't know, I just had like Xbox. Fair play. Um, yeah, well, thank you to everybody listening. Baffled if you're still listening now. <laughs> but, uh, no, gents, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody listening. Uh, episode 45 of My Fancy Zamboni. Thank you.